never, you never really know. Listen, we've never because to me it looks like maybe Matthias. Matthias. I would. I would say. I would say Schweihofer. I wouldn't even really. Maybe Schweihofer. Is it Matthias or Matthias? Because I, I knew somebody. I used to know somebody in high school is Matthias, but I don't think there was an H. Oh, okay. But he's German. Yeah. Super German. Ma- Matthias Matthias Schweighofer. Schwe- There's no G. You don't say the G. Schweighofer. But send, see, then you got the two dots above the O. Schwe- well, I don't. What does that mean? What does the two dots mean? I, I, I have no idea. You're telling me you're not fluent in German? Nope. Despite being 50% German. This changes a lot. At least. This really... This actually... Everything I thought I knew about you... <laughs> According to according to Jimmy Fallon, it's pronounced Mati Schweoffer. Schwe- no, no, I think we fucked it up. Hold, <laughs> on. hold on, hold on, hold on. See if he says the S. Let's Ma- go, is let's, it Matisse? Let's go to the tape. Okay, go to the tape. Okay, hold on. Let me back it up to. Okay, here we go. This is like, oh my God, it's Jimmy Fallon. No, this is like Matisse Schweoffer. This is Fallon. Matisse. Matisse, Matisse Schweighofer. Schweighofer. All right. Well, all right. He, this, uh, this Matisse Schweighofer guy, this guy, he directed and, and starred uh, in correct. was the main character of Army of Army Thieves. of Thieves, which is the prequel to Army of the Dead, which was one of our, I think, one of our more anticipated movies. I think, and one of our of favorites. Yeah. It was not, again not a. I think our conclusion was like not the best written movie ever, but fun as hell. But one of the more fun movies we've seen and, in, in and a it while. Was, and it was like, it was Zack Snyder. Yeah, it, like it was good. The writing was good enough to like rope you into a, a few of the characters at least, at least a couple I'm, of them. This right. This prequel. Prequel. Yes. Was super interesting to me for a lot of different reasons. Uh huh. Matisse Schweighofer directing it was actually one of the top reasons because right. I like that because Zack Snyder was still a writer on this. Yeah. But I like that he took a step back, mm-hmm. let this actor focus on his character and like take a deep dive into what right. he wanted his character to be. Not Kinda, just in front, but behind the camera. Right, exactly. Too, behind the really camera. Cool. Yeah. And it was like an imagination of one of the better characters from Army of the Dead. I would argue, yeah, probably a, one of the what, top three characters yeah, from Army pro- of the Dead? probably. Easily the most enjoyable to watch in the movie. Like, his his right. personality is so immediate in Army of the Dead. Right. And it, and it, it it's very consistent in the transition to Army of Thieves, I yep. thought. Um, yeah, I was... And something I, I read about was uh, Mati didn't know until they were either in production or post-production on Army of the Dead... That Zack Snyder and um, Shay Hatton, who's the other writer, right, um, were working on this. Were working on this project, and that they wanted him not just to star in it, but to direct oh, it too. Oh, cool! Like he, it was, it was kind of sprung on him before he even right. like got involved, or b- before the the first movie was even done. I also I like that. T- to me, this is kind of what a prequel should be. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it makes direct but fairly simple references to the source material right 
Um, <clears throat> this this movie didn't necessarily directly like it did lead to the events of right. No, no, no. It didn't lead to the events of Army of the Dead, right. but it fit exactly before the events of Correct. Army of the Dead. Yeah. So it, it was its own unique story. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see where it's going with the safes. Like you kind of right, know right. eventually the the last safe remaining is going to yeah. be the one that they... Well, and, and that was one of the things I, I really liked about the, the story and the writing in general is how they, they, they kind of completed his arc. Because we, when we, in Army of the Dead, we're at the end of uh what's it Dieter is that what they I, I think I so I think that well that's his like that's his persona is is Ludwig Dieter in the his story but his real name is something else um so in Army of the Dead he's at like the end the very end of his arc right right and, and it's all related to this very famous German like saga of stories it's it's actually one of the, it's actually the story that's in Django Unchained about Brunhilde yeah and how, you know, um, the, the German, I don't know, it, not a fairy tale. I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a German fantasy about it. It's a, like an old legend. A guy who has to, like, fight demons to, to save the woman he loves. And I, I like how also this story kind of, kind of fills out the actual, like, kind of beat-by-beat beat story of what they're basing these safes on, right? Like, yeah. there's, like, there is a story to each safe, and the final one, the one that's in Army of the Dead, is when everything goes to shit and everyone dies in the story, which they kind of talk about yeah. in in this movie. It's like it's really good foreshadowing. Well, and I think I think building like building the entire prequel off of the safe in Army of the Dead right. is <clears throat> sometimes prequels and I guess sequels too can yeah. get so broad with their scope, like what they're trying the story they're trying to tell. Right. right. That it kind of distracts from the fact that it is tied to the original story. Right. This one was not about like, this is how the zombie outbreak started or this right. is what, you know, it was that it took a very small piece of army of the dead, which yeah. was the safe, mm-hmm. a small, but integral piece. Yes. Correct. And it told the story of that safe and a single character. Right. It it never really, it was very focused and very, very concise. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I enjoy that as a right. prequel because they weren't trying to do more than what they really needed. Right. To. I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to one of my fr- uh, one of my Kansas friends uh, about we were talking about Star Wars about the Star Wars prequels and how the those prequels are so inextricably tied to the original trilogy. Right. The the prequels function with the idea that. You already know what happens in the main trilogy, so yeah. we're just gonna have not like not so subtle hints and nods to everything, and they they don't treat them as actual prequels in that you can't watch the original three and then have one of the biggest surprises in film history in Episode Five actually surprise you because you already know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, right? Right. In the in the prequels, they don't show him. If 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 the prequels were done in a way that they wanted to stand alone and be their own films, the right way to do it would have been showing Anakin dying, and not showing any of the transformation into Darth Vader whatsoever. Sure, right? Because that keeps in continuity with the original trilogy. But they kind of threw that out of the way and made it made it so it, it's basically just a a it's a prequel that 
does not stand on its own and kind of kind of ruins the whole timeline of what happens in the original trilogy. And that's one thing I loved about this prequel is that it it functions so well as its own thing that you're not thinking about Army of the Dead really at all when you're uh, yes. watching this movie. Like, <clears throat> yes, you it, get it, the you, subtle references. Yeah, you, you get know, the you, nods you hear, to Army you of hear the about Dead. the outbreak. And one of the other, again, another thing I really liked about this story was he keeps having like these these nightmares about like getting attacked and killed by zombies. It's just it's such a like a tiny subtle little story beat where he's like I'm having these terrifying dreams where I'm like all of a sudden I'm in danger and and, right. and I'm about to die because of this having no idea that, you know, months from now he's going to be he's going to be at ground zero. Yes. Opening doing in the the final he's he's in the final stage of this of this safe cracking you know, journey that he's he's been on. Well, right? and I so I have a couple points, but I want to kind of piggyback off of what yeah. you just said about those like the nightmares that he's having, and like he's very clearly like an anxious person, but he's like right. he's scared of this event that's going on. By the way, halfway across the world, correct? Because they're not anywhere near Vegas, right? But what I think is interesting about that is again that ties into completing his story arc in Army of the Dead, right? When he's doing. He's completing this task, one that he is uniquely qualified for in opening the safe. Right. Um, and he's also doing it under the conditions of, at the moment, his greatest fear. Right. Which is right. confronting the zombie apocalypse that is incoming right. from Las Vegas. Yeah. But I think that, to your point about kind of the Star Wars sequel or prequels and just prequels in general, I think a lot of prequels tend to be and tell me if this makes sense but they tend to be prequels in theory but sequels in practice yes so, i you know think i know saying? exactly what you mean because yeah. with it's kind of what I, like they function uh, on the idea that you already know what happens after this so we're just going to ruin everything that happens exactly and because during the original stuff and because by the way prequels are very difficult to pull off oh yeah um, and and in today's Look at star wars in today's in today's film culture, we have just grown accustomed to sequels yeah. that even if we're given a prequel, we, we're kind of expecting it to build off of the first film. Right. Or build up to the first film without any sort of without right. any sort of nuance or subtlety. Or, or yeah, just like build on things that like are kind of irrelevant now because of what's already happened exactly it's kind of like it's like black widow syndrome almost like yeah black widow is a is a prequel to things that have already happened in the mcu and because of that because you have that knowledge it it detracts from the story right it it makes the story feel a little pointless and and prequels require a lot of foresight yeah and, and a lot of and a lot of planning Mm-hmm. Which it, to me it was very clear that Zack Snyder had a vision for the prequel, right? When he created Army when of the Dead, he, because I think because this film he, fits flawlessly into the world of Army right. of the Dead. When him and Shea Hatton had started, you know, create building the story of Army of the Dead, it, it seemed like this character was someone like as they created him, they were like, oh, we can do something, like we there's something here, right, that we can build on. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't like once the movie had success, they were like, oh, let's do a prequel for this. It was right. while they were producing this movie, they were also at the same time spending time working on this character and, and 
filling out his well, art and in the form of a prequel. That's such an interesting way to just approach filmmaking in general. Yeah. Because it's obviously nothing about it is easy, but it's a whole lot easier right. if he would have started with this film. Right. And then made Army of the Dead. Right. Like that would have right. been a lot easier. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But but releasing a prequel is mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it shows I know that Matisse 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 Schweighoff. Matisse Schweighoffer. 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 Schwe. Schwe? Schwe? I think it's Schwey. Schweighoffer. Oh god. No, I don't told you don't pull it up. I'm again. not gonna pull I know, the tape. We just know. We can just, let's just call him Matisse. Can we call him M? <laughs> let's just call him Dieter. His okay, character. Dieter. Call him Dieter. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Matisse. I, sorry, Matisse. Listen, I wish we were better. We're Americans. We mispronounce anything Everything. that's not originally we, in English. We probably you and me are drinking it. coffee right now. We are. We mispronounce coffee. Like the word coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um I'm drinking some cofe over here. As as um I think that I think Matisse no, Dieter. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I think Dieter was pretty good in this film and pretty good as a director. Yeah. But I think that this, I hate, I hate saying this cause I don't want to detract from the fact that he directed and starred in this film. Right. But I think that this speaks to the writing more than anything. And a, mm-hmm. and a successful prequel has to be well-written. There right. are films that can get away with not being well-written and prequels are not one of them. Right. Correct. Well, I, re- I remember when, when we originally, did our, our army of the dead review when we were doing that podcast we were talking about like the future because there was already a yeah. couple the 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 sequel or the prequel had already been announced and i remember kind of thinking okay well prequel like that's i'd rather see what happens next like i right. don't want to go i don't want to have a, a shitty and that's honestly because in the grand scheme of things most movies that do end up putting a prequel out bef- after the original story right don't live up to don't live up to the the quality of the original, right? Yeah. And the, again, that's why when I when I watched this movie, I was very pleasantly surprised because I, I kind of thought like, okay, like I like this character, so it's gonna be like I'm at least gonna be interested in some somewhat interested, but you know, to for them to stick the landing is gonna you know we'll see. And you know, by the end of the movie, I was very, I, I was I was glad I had taken the time to watch it. I enjoyed. Yeah, the movie was, through and through. I lo- I like, and it got me excited for like what's going to happen next in this world. They, they yes, that they're cr- creating. To me, that's the key because they are like they're building a very interesting story world, mm-hmm. like, and there's so yeah. many directions that they could go. Oh yeah, um, and introducing and, like Natalie Emanuel's char- Emanuel's is that right? She's the yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah introducing yeah. her character, bringing her into the fold, I think is a very right interesting idea, and I I think. And of course, you know they're they're kind of breaching into like MCU, DC, EU territory here with like since they didn't show Dieter dying in Army of the Dead, he's probably alive, right? Which, I mean, I, I when I saw that, like I remember watching when I watched Army when we went and saw it in theaters, and he I didn't see him die. I was like, oh, they're for sure gonna they're for sure gonna do something with him yeah. in the future. Like, but there's also, no way he's dead. They're like they've set the stage. For some pretty cool sequels now, yeah. Like there, there are in Zach endless Snyder's, possibilities. Zack Snyder's prequels already said for the other characters. Oh yeah, some of the I love to see prequels for some of the yeah. other characters. Um, and Zack Snyder's already said that he's working on a movie right now. Um, 
I can't remember what it, it's another. It's another kind of like sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's kind of sticking to that lane now, which which I I enjoy. Well, he's doing well with it. Exactly. But he's so that's his his project. He's currently working on like they're in pre-production right now. But he said the Army of the Dead sequel will be after that. Yeah. That and I'm excited for that. Yeah. And I. <clears throat> I like I like the way that they separated themselves and this the tone uh-huh. of this movie is quite a bit different and a lot of the themes right. are quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. It's it's very self-aware but not in the way that we typically describe films as self-aware. It's right. it it's like it's just a goofy movie. Like yeah. it makes it has goofy characters, it right. makes silly jokes. Yeah. The even Dieter himself is like kind of over the top and this yeah. movie is unapologetic for it. Oh yeah. It embraces it. Mm-hmm. And then it it's like not so tongue in cheek references to like the Oceans movies right. and right. to um like the Italian job and right. it's it is at its heart a bank heist movie. Oh yeah. Um, and it doesn't really reinvent the wheel either. No, as far as heist movies but go. But it doesn't. But it also doesn't. It doesn't pretend to be anything new. Right. It, it, it knows. Yeah. It knows that it is. It's not trying to be this grandiose, you know, subversive take on the heist movie. This. This. <clears throat> they knew that this movie was not groundbreaking. Right. Yeah. But they. They nailed it. They knew it was like going to be. Did, they still they did had, a good job. They still thought their idea was fun. And again, that's what that's a, that's another re- that, that's why I loved Army of the Dead because it's just a fun popcorn flick. Like right. it, it, it again, this movie, it, the the movies tonally are are different yeah. for sure. Right. But they kind of follow the same rule in that they're just trying to be a good time at the movies. Right. Well, and they're I not think, trying to be anything extra. I think that you know there's a lot of times when we criticize films for being exactly like other things that we've already seen like right. we we criticize films sometimes for being a little too familiar yeah i think that this film was familiar in all the best ways yes and i think again a lot of that has to do with Dieter sorry Matisse, i'm really am that has to do with his his directorial and granted i i think a kind of like a half criticism I have with the movie is that it's kind of like Zack Snyder directed light. Mm-hmm. It's like directed by Mati, whatever parentheses, who's just trying to direct like Zack D- Snyder directed would. by Dieter minus all the slow-mo like kind of, but it's still directed a, by Dieter, but Zack Snyder told him what to do. But yeah, <laughs> it's like when JJ Abrams directed, um, super eight with Steven Spielberg as an oh, executive yeah. producer, but it yeah. was for sure. Like, just looks like a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. And you know, not the, but that, that's maybe not the best comparison in the world, but it's still, still well directed. But when I was watching, I was like, it would be kind of interesting to see what it would have looked like if Zack Snyder had directed this instead. Right. Cause yeah, it, I, so I think you could take that multiple directions. Yeah. You could say, I wonder what it would be like without Zack Snyder's influence. Right. But he wrote it and that's part of the success of it. Correct. So the fact that him and Shea Hatton who wrote Army of the Dead were directly involved. They were actively in, working on this in the project. story and in the script writing. Right. Which, which, yeah, I think that's right. A, and I a and I think to this and I think it's important to note that Zack Snyder because a lot, we see names like that pop up as producers, right? And they're not very involved. Like it's their money, basically. Yeah, yeah. The the the. He, Zack Snyder's Depending been an executive on the project, producer in in money only on a lot of projects. On a lot of projects, yeah, yeah. All um, the DCEU movies, him, yeah, him and his wife, both yeah. of them have mm-hmm. produced endless movies, right? But 
hit like his handprint was all over this. And now, yeah. and I, I agree with you. The, the flip side, the other direction you could take that thought is like you just said, right. I wonder what it would be like if it was just his project, right? Like if he took over the entire thing, yeah. how would it have been different? I don't think it would have been that different. I don't either because a lot of it, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> stylistically, right. It seemed like a Snyder film, right? But maybe in a genre that he hasn't really gained much experience in or right, much yeah. notoriety in. And, and so it right. could have also been a good move by the production, co- I guess, right. Netflix. I guess, well, I guess, I, I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder has, like, all the say in, like, who directs, oh, who sure. does it, whatever. It was for sure his decision not to yeah. direct. And I, I think, you know, in, you know, looking back, it, it's probably, yeah, one of the reasons why he ended up giving it to Dieter, Matisse, uh, is because maybe, yeah, maybe he thought this guy has just a for the style of movie we're doing, maybe he just has a little bit better angle. Like maybe, right. maybe the way he's looking at it will just be a little tighter. But, but again, I think you're right. I think if, if Zack Snyder had directed it, it probably wouldn't have looked much different because again, Zack Snyder and, and Shea Hatton, have such a good grasp on as good of a grasp on the character as Matisse himself does, right? You know, as the actor, obviously he has like a that, very good. That partnership is important here, right? Right. The fact that both of these, all three of these guys, really have such a good understanding of the character, I think makes like you could really swap out Matisse, put Zack Snyder in, and it wouldn't have hurt or helped. It probably wouldn't have helped much, but it wouldn't have hurt the movie at all either because. Again, all these guys just, they kind of know. They just, right. they, they know. They know where they're at. They know where the character is at. They know what they want to do with him. And, and that made this project feel very, I don't, I don't know, smart is the right word. It, it just made it feel like, like they, it wasn't like they were just going for a cash grab here. Well, they it, actually, it was, they knew was, what they wanted to do. I think it was restrained in, yeah. in sort of the best ways because they... Not only did they know their limits with this film, yeah, um, but they also kind of knew their strengths and played to them very well. Um, I don't know. Do what kind of like what kind of negatives do you have? Um, I would have. I would have honestly. I would have liked to see. I would have liked for them to spend even more time on him, like cracking the safes. Yeah, that would have been cool. That like because. And, and this is kind of the same with Army of the Dead, too. It It is an integral part of each story that we're seeing, but they don't spend quite enough time right. on just showing, like, the process. They do at the beginning, like, when he's in that competition with all the other people, and they spend a lot of time, um, like, with those shots inside the safe when he's actually... Like yeah. you can actually see what the dial is doing, yeah, and how right. it's affecting the the actual lock itself, and you kind of see the complexities of what right. he's actually dealing with. And and I understand that like that's that's kind of a a, a limitation is that it, it, it those safes probably take hours to unlock, but we're in a two hour movie. We can't spend right. fifty minutes of the runtime just showing him like with his ear to the safe like. Like obviously, right. but it would have been cool just to have just a just a few more minutes of just a little bit more of like the in that inside the vault look. I I really liked how that movie brought that in to the fold a little bit more. I think they could have gone 
a little bit further yeah. with that. Um, I thought the side characters, other than Natalie Emanuel, kind of forgettable. Except for the one, the girl, the other girl in, like, the crew. Um, Rubio Faye. I don't know yeah. what her character's name was. Right. But she she had some she had some good lines and was, you know, kind of quirk. Like, she had Karina. some... She had some interesting quirks in, in, in you know, inter- her, the, the actress had an interesting interpretation of the character, I think. I think with, but, kind of <clears throat> to that point, I think a lot of the side characters were, I, well, I mean, I guess it would be most of the side characters were pretty replaceable. Like, any of, yeah. any of those characters could have been played by anybody. Right. And um, I think sometimes they're, the side characters' motivations are a little bit muddled. Like yeah. they're not they're not very clear and sometimes they make decisions and you're like that doesn't like why or what well and just very vague <clears throat> like my least favorite character which I think was also an in, an intentional artistic move yeah. was Brad Cage mhm mhm his only motivation is to be like an american movie star action hero right and like I like that. Yeah, that can be kind of funny at times. Yeah, but it gets so old when. And there's like no. There, he's just a dick because. Right. Like there's there's really no time given. And, and in again, the, and in the end, it also doesn't matter too much for the story. Right. It's it's super. His character is so really just kind of inconsequential. And then as the also the um, the detective that's like following them around. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um. <clears throat> Is he like Interpol or? I think he's Interpol. He's Something supposed like to that. be. Yeah. But like another another character, like he's a dick because. Right. Because we're supposed to not like him. That's I think why. That character would have actually been a very cool character had they given just a little if more time him, well, to and, examine. And I think gave him a little more thought too. They didn't. Just, yeah. They, you can tell they didn't. They didn't put too much into they put, the side characters. They put kind of all the eggs into Dieter and Natalie Emanuel's right. character. Dude, I love Which that scene fine. when they're at the very beginning when he's at like the tryout. Yeah. And he's like, it's down to him and the final guy. Uh-huh. And he like, they blow the whistle or whatever to start oh, yeah, cracking yeah. the safe and he just stands there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's just looking at the other guy. It's so funny, dude. Oh, it's and great. He, like I said, Dieter is kind of an over-the-top character. But oh, yeah. Like played very well. Played very well, and they for still, what he is. They still give him those moments too, where like, despite how like kind of goofy and and over the top in in in, I don't know if flamboyant is the right word, but he's just you know he's very, he's very quirky and like unique to his, you know, to himself. They still give him those moments of like kind of those quieter moments where you can tell he he feels very alone. A lot of the time, and well, and he, he I think he feels <clears throat> lost too. Like it, it he's lost, just yeah. out of place. Like he just in this he, entire story, right? He feels like in this, and that's one thing I really, again, I really, I liked about how this story treated his character is, you know, it it puts him in a place at the beginning as someone who, yeah, who just kind of doesn't have much direction, who you can see is clearly talented at something, but doesn't use that talent in any fulfilling way. Yeah. And they, you know, it gets him to by where by the end of the movie, you understand why he talks the way he does to the people in the Army of the Dead story, where he's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm your best chance at unlocking this. Like yes. me, it's me." Because you at see the, what he's at the beginning of Army of Thieves, he wouldn't have said that, right? And I think that's one th- one thing. Like he's he, he's he's odd and goofy and says like dorky things, 
but they still give him enough time to establish that that transition from like this guy who is kind of this lonely, kind of lost, you know, unsure of himself guy to where by the time we get to the the main plot line of the original story, you understand why he acts a little a little bit different than he does. Right. Well, and you really you don't truly get to see him find his place until the end of Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. You like you have right. to you have to complete the story to understand his character fully. Right. And I I don't know, I think that was that was a good mm-hmm. a good move um for the prequel. It fills in a lot of gaps and it for the characters we really care about which right. is Dieter. And then it, it gives us a good character in Natalie Emanuel, but it, it fills so many gaps in the original character's story in in a lot of good ways, I thought. I, I thought it, there were, they did a lot of good things for his character, and they, they filled it out in a way that most prequels just really never have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you want to grade it? Yeah. I, I would, I would uh, I'd give this a solid B. Flat B. It's a fun, again, it's a fun movie. There's nothing, you know, it doesn't try to be more, it knows exactly what it is and it plays into that really mm-hmm. well. And I enjoy movies like, I, I don't, call me a broken record, I enjoy fun movies that don't try to be some grandiose exploration of, of whatever, of some socioeconomic yeah. thing that's going on. In the, I, sometimes it's just fun to sit down and watch a movie that have fun characters who have good dialogue, have good banter between each other, do fun things in the movie, run into problems. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's a it's perfect, perfect B movie for me. Yeah. I That's shot with the quality of a top-tier project. Sure. I would also call it a B. Um, I think because... I think the key for me on this one was that it nailed the differences and the similarities between this and the first movie um with a prequel it's all about balance and i think that this found its balance pretty pretty well yeah i think that this same exact film all the things that we say as positives about this film it was self-aware it was it didn't try to be it knew exactly what it was right those this same exact movie we've seen films kind of in this light that we think are bad films because they don't know what they are because right. they try to be something. They try not. to be something more or right. Right. They, they try to subvert something, but fail this. I think this, this movie, the story and just the, um, the execution had a lot of clarity and that's kind of what, right. that's kind of what made me enjoy it so much yeah. because like you said, it was a fun movie and all it tried to be was a fun movie. Yeah. It, so. I think a lot of the positives from this movie are a lot of the positives I took from Army of the Dead. Right. Like, they're, they're, very, they're very aligned in that sense that a lot of what I liked about this movie, I really liked about the other movie. Yeah. Right? And I liked a couple things a little bit more in this movie, which I think is why I, I enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's it. it's time to bring them out. And that's a wrap. Um, bring them out. Bring them out. Listen here, folks. 
Um, Army of the Thieves is on Netflix. So it is. You can go check it out. You can watch it literally Pre- anytime, who, forever, who, until the end of time. Who doesn't have Netflix? You can also watch Army of the Dead. Which you can is watch also, both. They're both and guess Netflix what? originals. Watch them in either order. Doesn't yeah, matter. It really doesn't. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and guess what? There's a sequel coming probably in the next five and then, years. And then listen to the pod for Army of the Dead as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. Shameless plug. It shameless was a good one. <laughs> shameless plug. Um, plugging our own content. We're that's plugging all our we c- own all we can plug is our own content because we have no sponsors. <laughs> um, and anyway, listen, it's a fun movie. We always have fun recording these, and we hope you have fun listening. So if you do, do, share, share, like, it. subscribe, do all of the things, hit all of the buttons. Leave okay? a leave a five star rating if you're listening on on Apple. Yeah. Um, check us out on social media. We are at Front Row Seats on. Facebook. Facebook. We're at front underscore row media on Instagram. Instagram. We're at front row media one at gmail.com. If you want to email us, if you want to comment, tell who us doesn't, what you think. who doesn't love a good email. Yeah. You know, who especially if you hate us, who doesn't want a pen pal? If who doesn't want a pen pal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what is you, this? 1955. If, if you hate us, I would love to speak would, with you. <laughs> I would love it. We'll put you on the show. Oh yeah. We'll comment on your email and oh, then we'll, yeah. we'll give you a call and put you on the show. You can you can have we can, we will have I'll I'll give you a show we will I'll talk just post an episode we will talk with you for as long as you <laughs> want to air your grievances because uh, we are pretty horrible so we're pretty degenerate let's be honest um, um anyway and then front row podcast anywhere that you can listen literally to the podcast. anywhere um if you're listening now then you're listening to our podcast correct well <laughs> wow. I feel really smart after uh, hearing but that. But if you don't, if you got halfway through this and you were like, "Yeah, Spotify is not really my thing anymore," go on over to Apple Pods. Who cares? Yeah. And if you get a quarter of the way through the second half of this on Apple Pods and you're like, ah, "I don't really like I don't Apple like Pods, Apple Pods either," and you're like, "I want to go to Stitcher," and then you get an eighth of the way through that last quarter because who listens on Stitcher? And you're like, you know what? Straight to the source. Final eighth. On SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. And then you, you just joined an exclusive club. You did. You really so, did. You confused com- me in the math there a little bit. I think I was right. I think my, you got it my correct. Point is, it is, my point is complete your journey like Matisse Schwehofer did. Close enough. I don't know if we nailed it, but we got close. All right. I told you we were going to forget how to say it halfway through. All right, guys. Uh, good night, it. Gus. Have a great night, Dom. Thanks. You want to record? You want to record two more podcasts real quick? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm down for that. All right, good night. <laughs>